Welcome to the Ear for Fear podcast, the horror movie podcast that boils and ghouls and dead alike are screaming for. Don't be afraid to listen as Rick and the Creeps bore their way into your brains, slither down onto your arteries, into your still beating hearts. Hi, welcome to the Air for Fear podcast. This is the podcast that talks about scary movies or movies trying to be scary. I'm Rick and uh, got uh, got a special guest in the house again, Jacob Poindexter. It's been a little bit, man. It has, man. It's great I, to be back, though. Yeah, thanks for coming on out. Dude, I'd realized it has been a while. Like, I want to say the last time you came out might have been last year when we did, like, Hereditary and Halloween. Has it literally been that long? Was I don't know. I want to say it was before then. Like it's it's been a couple of months, but uh, it, it has been a while. It's schedules been a, schedules are a bitch, man. They are, man. I didn't. Yeah, I think it. I think the last time, and I think it was Hereditary and Halloween. Wow. Shit, shit. It, and here we are, August. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. Time so flies. yeah, but I'm glad you you came back out, man. Uh, been wanting to get you back out for a bit. Um, you and I today. I thought maybe I don't know. We could we could hop in the car, take a trip up the coast. Absolutely. I, I hear Antonio Bay is kind of a cool place to check out. It is. The only problem here is I, around maybe midnight, between 12 and 1, I hear this crazy fog. Yeah, it comes in. <laughs> it comes in, and uh, it's at your own risk, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you're always going to be dealing with some level of, you know, fog and <laughs> that is true uh, if, california coast if, if people haven't realized it today we're chatting about uh john carpenter's classic uh, 1980 the fog um you recommended this one which i was totally on board for because uh i love john carpenter and i love this movie and so i was i was i, I was totally on board and I understand we both have a uh, a crush on Adrian Barbeau. So. <laughs> yes, for sure, absolutely. Uh, she is she's fantastic, and she's great in this movie. It's funny. I think the only movie I ever could not stand her in was Creep Show. Like, but of course, it was on purpose because her character was just so terrible. It was um, for me when I when I fell for her as a kid. It was Swamp Thing. Yes, I always forget she's in that one. Yeah, that's another good one. It is. And of course, well, of course, book. Escape from New York is, which is one of my all-time Absolutely. favorites. I mean, I, you know. Great movie. Great movie. Um, so, uh, yeah, man. So, uh, I guess before we kind of uh, jump into it a little bit, let me, I guess we'll do a quick synopsis. Sure. Uh, ba- basically, uh, the uh, uh, the fog is about a, it's, it's a, a ghostly fog rolls into a small coastal town exactly 100 years after a ship um, mysteriously sank in the waters. And then all hell kind of breaks loose, and it really kind of it's kind of condensed over the course of maybe uh, two nights, I would say. I think two days. I think two days, right? Yep. You know, and so yeah, I I love when you got something that's super easy like that instead of stretches over a long period of time, and it's short and sweet, and that's what we have here. Uh, and before we jump into it, want uh, to let everyone know there's going to be a uh, full spoilers. One, two spoilers coming for you. All right, man. So uh, let's run through uh, the um, the I guess the cast of characters and maybe the actors. That way, you know, re- really fast. Uh, Stevie Wayne is played by Adrian Barbeau, as we mentioned. Elizabeth is played by Jamie Lee Curtis, a young Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Which I want to talk about a little bit because the the relationship with her and Tommy Atkins is a little weird for me. Is that is that, it weird for you? It's well, it's not weird for me because I appreciate the time. It's like yeah. the, the guy picks up a, a hot hitchhiker, <laughs> true, you know, drinking I mean, a beer good in for the him. truck as he's driving. Like <laughs> yeah. it was a different time. That is true. Appreciate That's it. true. Uh, Kathy, which is uh, played by uh, Janet Lee, which of course is uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's mother. Yep. Um, uh, Nick Castle. Which is play, played by Tom Atkins, which is funny. And I've seen this several times, and I don't know why I never noticed, because I know Nick Castle is a friend of John Carpenter's, and he collaborated with a lot of his movies. And so it was funny that it was kind of paying homage to him. Sure. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, Father Malone is, 
is played by Hal Holbrook. Um, and then really there's a there's a few other of kind of the usual suspects that John Carpenter likes to throw in throughout his movies. But I don't want to go to each each uh, each sure. individual actor or character. But I think that's kind of the you know the main the main folk. Yeah, he kept it in the family with this movie. So. He did, he did, and he, I I I w- I forgot the actor's name, but he was also in They Live. He was the uh, homeless guy in They Live, and then he ended up towards the end when um, Rowdy Piper's character saw him. Uh, he was all dressed up, and I always forget the actor's name, but he was in this as well. And he has that. He has a very distinct voice. And again, I'm I, I'm kicking myself that I didn't write it down, but um, yeah, but he's been in. A, he was in a ton of stuff back in the in that time, and the voice was just so. It, it's one of those voices you don't forget, and again, of course, I can't remember his damn It'll name. It'll come to us. It'll come point, to us. Yeah. But I. But that's about it, man. Um. Uh. So uh, let's. I guess let's jump right right into this thing. Uh. Right off the bat, anything that you caught that you may have not have. You know, watching this because I've seen this several times. Yeah, and I assume you have as well. Any other than the Nick Castle thing that I caught, anything that jumped out at you that you may have like, oh my god, I just noticed that. Nothing about the film or in the film itself really stood out. It was just an appreciation for the the time that this movie came out and and the idea that this movie doesn't get made today. It's a nice, quaint, fun little ghost story. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I I will say this, I. I did not uh, did not pay attention originally to the fact that everything starts to happen around midnight. Sure, midnight to one, and I get and 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 I think it's because when okay, I hate to jump ahead of myself here. Yeah, let's let's wait let's wait for that because I hadn't noticed that before. Basically, what's happening here is um, I'm trying to think where do we start. Um, we get a cool opening scene with with uh, with John Houseman, and he's he's talking about this. He's kind of he's kind of telling a, a little bit of a ghost story around the campfire yeah. where all these kids are sitting on the beach. They get meta for yeah. a second, where they you know tell you that you're about what you're about to see is a ghost story. And Correct. It's a story that is meant to be told around a campfire to a bunch of scared camping kids. So. Yeah, yeah. And so we get that, in, and I love that intro. It's a good, it's a kind of a good exposition of, of like what we are going to see. And, and and I mean, John Houseman was phenomenal Absolutely. at it, telling this, this, this story. I was just completely engaged. I'm like, all right, this is awesome. Now, was that added after the fact? I think it was. I think that was part of the reshoots. Obviously, I think it there was. Were, there yeah. were a lot of reshoots when they originally went into the editing to make this movie. The story goes that John Carpenter thought that he didn't have a workable movie and so reshoots and they were going to have to you know amp up the gore a little bit and i think that is correct i think i i I read that as well yeah yeah i it's i I mean look the thing that we know that was done but i mean when i watched the movie i don't i don't feel like anything was out of place really Like I, I mean, honestly, it's like I don't know. Let's just call it ninety minutes, and, it, and I feel like there it, nothing ever really drug. Nope. I, I didn't feel like they rushed anything. Um, so yeah, I mean, I but do I, wish they would go back to you know roughly ninety minutes in a movie. It's it's yeah, a tight story. Uh, there is no fat to chew on. I don't know if when DVDs came out, people started craving more and more deleted scenes, and if that had any effect on the average length of movies, but. A lot of movies drag on these days, and yeah, this one did not. Uh, no, this one, no. And this is what I love about, especially the horror movies of the 80s, dude, they usually are in and out in about 85 to like 95 minutes. Nowadays, you get these two-plus hours, especially some of these um, the superhero movies. Why does a superhero movie have to be close to three hours? I have no idea. I, I don't understand. Like, I, I mean, you can literally shave off a half an hour, and it's still good. I don't know. I maybe it's because they have so much money that they throw at these things. It's like, well, let's just. I don't know. Let's. I think. That, well, those movies too are when you take the fog and you put it next to a Marvel movie or any superhero movie. You're you're talking about in our in our in our tours vision. You're a, a filmmaker versus something that's completely corporate. That's probably the script was written by committee. And you're just dealing with too many different moving parts. It's just it's a it's its own machine that needs to yeah. work itself out. No, Whereas this true. was one guy's movie. He wrote it. He directed yep. it. He looked at it. He when they were mm-hmm. editing it, he decided that it needed reshoots. So it's just it's tighter. Yeah, yeah. I think he did this was uh, with Deborah Hill, which he he collaborated with 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 Deborah Hill a lot, especially in those 
late seventies, early eighties movies. Um, you know, they just they ha- they were a great team. Were they, and they were married, right? Were they married? I don't think him and Deborah Hill were married. No, he was with Adrian Barbeau around that time. Ah. I, and I don't know if they were married. It could have just been. One of those, yeah, one of those is like kind of like Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Like they've been together for like ever. Yeah, no, man, if it, if it works, then good for you. But I I don't think him and Deborah Hill were together. I do think she has passed away. Um, I'm not sure when, but I don't think she's with us any longer. Um, But um, so, so the story here is let's, and, and, and and definitely jump in if if I've left anything out here. So. This night is is the hundred year anniversary of the town of Antonio Bay. Yes, what had happened a hundred years earlier is the 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 town was it was just starting up. So there, I, I'm going to assume there wasn't a lot of people. No. So it was kind of on the smaller end. They did have a church. <laughs> a fledgling settlement. Uh-huh. And the idea was here, there was a, a leper colony that wanted to relocate about a mile down from Antonio Bay. Yes. They had a lot of money, a lot of gold. Yeah, the guy, which I'm, uh, I'm Blake? spacing up. Is it Blake? Blake. 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 Uh, he was a rich merchant or whatever and he was afflicted with leprosy and he had intended to uh, establish a leper colony very close to Antonio Bay yeah and so so they they met with uh, let's just call there was I know they they keep saying six conspirators now I don't know one of them we know was um uh, the, the uh, I guess a uh, uh, the priest. I don't yes. know what is, is priest really the right word. To I don't know. But father, I have a father about that. Yes, yeah, yes. He, was, he too would have been Father Malone. I think. He was yeah. also Patrick. I think it was Patrick Malone or Father Malone, and he would have been the great grand, the grandfather of Father Malone. In 1980, the the kind of where the movie is taking place. Which I don't know if it was different when Patrick Malone was the priest, but how does a priest have kids? Yeah, I don't know. Get, I don't. Did priests get married back then? Maybe they did. Maybe they did. I don't know. That's a. I didn't even. I actually didn't even. Question. I didn't even think about it. because I'm not religious. Can c- certain religions, if you are a priest, can you have kids depending on the religion? I mean, maybe the Father Malone we're looking at is the <laughs> is a Catholic, and the other father was a Protestant, and maybe they maybe maybe uh, different. Time. I, I, yeah, and I don't know enough about that to to really speak on it. Nor um, do I. Yeah, but um, so the idea was okay. Well, we're gonna you can you can basically come to our town a mile down the road, um, but they came up with a plan that they were gonna screw. Uh, the entire colony, the leper colony, including Blake and everyone else over yes. um, by creating a, a, a fire that they are supposed to follow because, again, this is via ship. Yes. And and they, they, they basically started, I'm not going to call it a false fire, but it wasn't the fire that they told them they would start. And then it led them to crash and hit the rocks and basically would all die and all of their money, all the gold and stuff, they would recover. Um, you that know, because is my understanding. That, yes. I, I think similar to that. I mean, it's probably not, it's not as cool as John Houseman's ghost story, but, no. but that's kind of the gist. That was the idea that they were going to, um, you know, help him establish this leper colony in secret. The six of them got together and decided that they were going to conspire to murder these people. And take their gold and mm-hmm. use that to establish their town of Antonio, Antonio Bay. Bay. Yeah, and so that happened, and the the entire colony died. They took all of their money and the gold, more so the gold. I mean, I guess all of it really would have been gold back then, right? Yeah. Doubloons and stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. I they mean, because you're talking have... about what is that? That was 1980, so 1880. Yeah, I mean. In 1880, I don't know. Are you dealing with banknotes? I don't. know. I am not sure, man. Yeah. <laughs> we find out later it that was it was treasure. basically yeah, it's it was a damn treasure. Pirate it's ship, a, yeah, it's treasure. And that's the thing. It, it, you know, I know they're leopards, but they look like they look like pirates. Like I, I mean, when when you see them, you really kind of see the. Sh- you really don't really get a good look at them a little bit, but they look like they had 
been underwater yeah. and just their clothes are all tattered and and they you were know seafaring folk yes and so yeah he had a sword and they had yes the sword you know hooks and things for yeah. different tasks it, it, on the ship but they, it all worked really well for the ghost part of it later yes yes and the glowing eyes to me uh so so it's perfect for the 80s like yes. that that kind of neon almost like a neon green and it really complemented the fog it did you know when you when you got that that green light hitting the fog it just looks cool anyway, and so they're I'm, doing their best i mean obviously a lot of the the effects you know don't look as great next to what we see today but no for the time it, it looked fantastic it uh, you know the thing is i mean yeah what back then you don't have cgi so you're gonna you're gonna use a fog machine and of course you have to shoot out the fog the best yes. and at, at times the fog doesn't look as good as other times it's fine it's whatever um i i don't i don't have any issue with it because i mean it to me it's just i don't know i i I think back of the time when I first saw the movie, which would have been around the early eighties. And, and I, I love those types of practical effects. And so I, you know, I, I just accept it and I'm good with it. I have no problem with it at all. No. And you the know? use of, you know, the, the fog machines and the smoke machines, it, it, it looks really cool the way that they can get the fog to come on in and then they can yeah. reverse it when they, yes, exactly. It, it looked great. It's, you know, it very ominous, very, the word I'm looking for. I lost the word. Forget it. That's okay. But it looks really great I, when the fog's coming yeah, through the town. Things exactly, like especially with this small. And wasn't this filmed like just up near the Bay Area? It I think? had to be. I think Monterey it was or somewhere. So, somewhere right there. I I forget. I looked this up, and I think it was. Yeah, a few hours from us, it was filmed. And it and it feels that lighthouse. The lighthouse is awesome. Um, the 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 small town feel is awesome. Yeah. Um, and and so yeah. And so okay. So. Adrian Barbeau, which uh, Stevie Wayne, she owns this. She owns the lighthouse, and she runs a. Um, and I guess she owns the radio station. Yes, which I think she inherited. I don't know. If she inherited. I I get the. So this is, was never explained. What happened to the husband? Did they divorce? Did he die? Because oh, she I has a little boy, and the father's nowhere around. And so I was like, okay, did she go through a divorce? Because she says, I think she was from Chicago. I think she goes, it beats Chicago. She goes, she looked out the window and she goes, hey, it's nothing but water. But she goes, something says something like it beats Chicago or something like that. That one got by me. So so I assume she was in Chicago. I don't know if something happened to her husband. I don't know if he died or if they went through a divorce. She has she has her boy and and she does uh she has she owns the lighthouse. She has her own house, which is, seems to be a far drive away from the lighthouse. Yeah. It seemed like that way to me. And she's working the graveyard shift because she's always on, you know, at yeah. night. So she's doing. She does. She plays music. She she uh, she provides, I guess, people with updates. Yep. So like, if you know, I think there's a scene where, oh my god, I didn't write his name down. The one uh, the one character, the guy that that works in uh, uh, the weather. The yeah, weather the weather guy. guy. I forget. Uh, damn, I forget. Dan O'Banion. Dan, Dan O'Banion. Yeah, okay. Dan. So so he gives her updates. Hey, you know, um, you might want to let so and so know that there's a um, there's a fog coming in. Yeah, and they've got kind of a. Uh, flirty phone they, relationship they do. thing going on where at least she sort of flirts eh, with him, but it's a little him. it's, it's one side definitely it's definitely, definitely more him. Yeah. um so so that is happening um and he's it, married by the way so he's a little scuzzy he's married i'm pretty sure he said he was married in the movie or uh -uh. she makes a comment about his wife at some point in the movie -uh. uh yeah I'm i thought sure. that was someone else really he was married oh then now yeah. Oh, I don't remember hearing that. I thought, I honestly thought he was single and, you know, and that's why he would take certain shifts so that he could, you know, talk with I, her and flirt with her. If I'm but, wrong on this, then okay. you guys can eat me up in the comment section. Yeah, yeah, but, oh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if he is married, yeah, what a what an a-hole. Um, so, I mean, it he gets, a different time. He, he gets his comeuppance men. later anyways. <laughs> um, but so, so midnight hits... Um, on on the eve of the anniversary, and then all hell breaks loose in the town, right? Yes. Um, the payphones, which I love seeing those old payphones, they they start ringing. Um, I, alarms start going off. I think there was a there was a scene at a gas station where the the hose popped off and it just started shooting gas everywhere. I looked at it, yeah. eighty nine cents a gallon. <laughs> 
<laughs> we are paying like are we going to talk about that? Eighty nine cents a gallon. Eighty nine cents a gallon. I was, I was. It was so stupid. I'm watching like all that gas spill out. I'm like, damn, that could like fill up my tank. It could have. <laughs> um, and just little things, uh, you know, like I think there was a lift uh, at a gas station where uh, it looked like they're working on a car and the lift came up. It was just all, it was all kinds of little crazy crap. And then I think some someone's car alarm went off. She went to check it and then it looked like the chair moved it was just all these yeah. little a lot of the ghosts have announced that they are they are arrived. here they a lot arrived. of stuff breaking right like yeah. windows and stuff yeah are breaking a convenience store and i think some bottles come out and hit the ground yeah i've like yeah, yeah. the convenience store where he's sweeping up and he's he's and chugging some orange juice and puts it back on the shelf oh yeah <laughs> love it the uh, <laughs> and so uh and so uh yeah a lot a lot of stuff like that is happening but um it's the little things that those you know one-shot characters do that give it you know give them a personality yes that's true because i mean yeah it gives a little character to it a little yeah um let's see so so and you said his character's name is dan Dan. Dan. Okay, so Dan tells the weather guy. Dan, the weather guy. So he tells he tells uh, Stevie Wayne that um, you know there's still a boat out there, and I forget the name of the boat. This wasn't. I I know. Come to me at some Uh, point. Yeah. yeah. That the boat's still out there, and uh, can you let them? Can you maybe just uh, you know say something over the uh, radio that um, you know that there's a fog coming in. And so, you know, she, she announces it and, you know, they hear it. They're out there drinking because, you know, I mean, they're, they're fishermen, man. I mean, you know. And they're not fishing, by the way. They're just out there trying to get away from their wives. Pretty much, pretty much. And then one of the guys goes, what is she talking about? There ain't no fog. And then all of a sudden, yeah, no, the fog comes. And, and then they see, they, they're out there and it gets super cold. And then they see the ship. And they they're in disbelief that they're seeing some old just old like an old pirate ship yeah, like or an something old clipper ship clipper thing, ship yeah. yeah and and then um and then all kinds of shit goes haywire on the boat again stuff breaks it gets super super cold um almost it, it, and I think they talk about it later where it feels it almost was like they they like the boat sank mm-hmm. but there's no water anywhere. Like, like, I mean, it, it seemed like stuff had, had froze over, uh, like almost like salt water had got into an area, but there's no water anywhere. And I think they had mentioned, was it during the autopsy that they had salt water in their lungs? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Because, um, and then, so then of course we get the, I, I want to say this is our first glimpse of the, the, the lepers slash, I, what do we want to call them? The ghosts? The ghosts. Let's call them the ghosts. Yeah. Um, cause I hate saying the word leper. And I don't want to call them pirates because I know they're really not, yeah, they're pirates. not pirates. So let's just call them the the ghosts. It's, yeah, the sh- the, the ship, the, <laughs> the ghosts of vengeance, the ghosts of vengeance. No, it's That's good. actually a cool name for a band. Yeah, the ghosts of think vengeance. About that one. I like that. Ghosts of. Ghosts well, of coming vengeance. to the stage. Welcome the ghosts of vengeance. <laughs> it's. I mean, it sounds like a band, but it sounds like a bad band. It does sound like yeah. a bad band, like a bunch of. Overweight forty-year-olds still trying to live their heavy metal dreams. <laughs> They're doing covers of, of of like dead artists. Hence the ghosts. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Uh, um, so, anyways, we get yeah, we kind of get the the first look of the ghosts, and, and and I think most of it we're seeing is we don't really. It's more so kind of like well, first of all, we know there's a fog, right? Yep. They they they're basically they come through the fog like during the movie they're like hey stay out of the fog there's something in the fog you know and we get a glimpse of them we again we see the tattered clothes we you know they got hooks and they got all kinds of shit um, but very much less is more you don't you don't get I'd like l- a perfect I'm view all of that. for less less yes. is more when yes. you're dealing with any kind of a scary you know monster or zombie or anything like that and it's perfect in the sense that. Because it's so simple, right? It's at night. <laughs> it's it's fog, and so then you know, then around the water, this small coastal town. It's all these things, all these elements that really make this work. That I don't think would work on a bigger scale. You can't go to a city and do this. No, I no. it just doesn't work. Yeah. And so, and it's so simple. It's like I can hide. I can hide these figures in the fog. You know. 
and uh, the way you know when you when you've got the fog, you can backlight the characters so that they you're looking at just a silhouette. Exactly. And then when you were saying about the glowing eyes, that's mm-hmm. just a perfect next step. It, it yeah. really creates a really scary, you know, spooky. Oh, it, absolutely. Image. And so, okay. And before I forget, so the twelve to one, and I don't know if we mentioned this earlier. The twelve to one. This is so. All this is happening between twelve and one, on on the eve of this anniversary, yes. and it's because between twelve and one. 100 years ago is when the conspirators came up with this plan. Yes. We're going to screw them over. They're going to die. We're going to take their money. So that's 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 kind of why this is happening around this time. That's why all, I always find it funny, though, man. And again, I know I, I always use the word suspend belief, and and I really shouldn't be thinking of little things, but what why, what's the relevance of 100 years? Is just because it sounded like a good number? I don't know, yeah. It just sounds like a good number. A good round number. Yeah, so. I mean, because you always notice that, like, shit always seems to happen around an even, like, a, it's a 50 year or it's 100 years. I, Anna, it's an anniversary, yeah. and it's yeah. a, a good round number. I yeah, because, I mean, but d- wasn't there a story later on when Tom Atkins' character, uh, Nick Castle, said he was telling he was telling Jamie Lee Curtis about when his his dad uh, was on the boat, sure, and he and he went and he saw a boat on the on the water, and he went in, and it was yeah, I, and it was, seemed to be that ship. Maybe? So what, mean, were there sightings every so many years? Ghosts, I don't know. So it's not like they appeared, you know, they, they yeah. one way or another, they have probably been out haunting the seas this entire time, and they were been putting off and doing a lot of their ghost plans in order to ah, come back. So on they had 100. shit going on. So maybe that it was took a, them a hundred years. It was a training ah. run for the you know. I get year it. anniversary. So they probably had they probably had like a, a, a ghost to do list, and they had to do all these things before they could kind of. Maybe it was different ghosts. We've established in this film that ghosts exist. Maybe there were other ghosts of true. You know, you know, maybe they didn't died out and see. And it's possible that maybe they couldn't cut it, and the this group cut it. You know, they were maybe. like, okay, well, you know, we know Blake's going to be there, so it's just like, maybe. who's going to help me with this? And you know, and the other people just weren't yeah. up to par, man. I don't know. Maybe not. Or maybe they're <laughs> maybe they're just doing their own thing out there. You know, well, what do you think ghosts do? You know, what 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 are they out there doing? I don't know. They create. I don't know. They're working on a tan. Who knows? I mean, who I don't knows? know. They're all pretty pale. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> They're just creeping. We're just fucking with you people. Um, so, um, okay, so we know that's happening, right? Uh, so these guys get it, man. I think one of them gets the sword through his back. Um, the other one gets, I think, the hook twice. to the... To twice. twice yeah. yeah. The other guy gets, I think, does he get the hook to the... Does he get the hook to the um to the throat? I thought he got it in his eye. Did he get he in his eye? His- oh, shit, I don't remember that. Maybe. Um, and then the third guy, which looks to be kind of the younger of the three, he's inside. They come in. He gets it. We'll see him a little later, which I want to talk about. But but um, so then we get um, we get we get Tom Atkins. We get Jamie Lee Curtis. He's driving his his old beat up truck. Here is this uh, hitchhiker of Jamie Lee Curtis on yes. the side of the road. Something at- that can only happen <laughs> in a horror movie. Or a porno. <laughs> exactly. Picks up a hot hitchhiker. Hot hitchhiker. Uh, she's substantially younger. I don't, I, I mean, they don't say she is, but we know she is. Like, Jamie Lee Curtis at that point wasn't that old. And now, and maybe Tom Atkins wasn't as old, but he looked old, dude. It's the kind of movie, he's not a, a strikingly handsome man. No, he's so not. So it's the kind of part that you get when you're a buddy of the uh, director. <laughs> yes, yes. And he's done several with John Carpenter. And Tom Atkins is phenomenal. Um, I love him in everything he's been in. So, um, I'm, I, hey, dude, Tom, if you can, if you hook up with, uh, with uh, what's her name, Elizabeth, good for you. Um, I do love the fact that she goes, you know, she hops into the, she hops into the truck and then I think he immediately offers her a beer Yeah, and she goes, are you a weirdo? And, and, and he goes, yeah, yes I am. And she goes, okay, good. And I was like, all right, this is awesome. Definitely. <laughs> that was a good, it was a fun exchange because there's the obvious risk that people are taking. You oh, for sure. Worrying about this young gal that's, uh, you know, getting picked up by an old guy who's got a beer in his hand, driving his truck down the, you know, a dark road. At midnight-ish. At midnight. At midnight, yeah. And, and, and then of course they're driving and of course we got the, we got the, the broken windows, yes. you know, because again, this is, this is falling between the 12 and the one o'clock where everything's kind of going to hell. Um, and then they end up, they end up at his house in the sack, and right? and she goes, "Hey, by the way, what is your name?" By the way, what <laughs> like, is your I'm like, name? dude, this is awesome. You're like, "Attaboy, Nick." <laughs> there is, 
what's funny is when you go back and you watch some of these, especially these 80s horror movies, I always think of stuff like none of that shit wouldn't happen today. Like the, 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 I don't know the, the, the driving while he's drinking the beer, what kind of messages that send these days. And right. you know, there's, there's all kinds of these things that I can't think of any right now for the fog, but, but other movies where it's like none of that shit would happen. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a different time. I mean, the filmmakers in 1980 were not as occupied with the, the, the female gaze as they were with the male gaze. So these stories are told from the perspective of the male what would be the coolest thing to happen to the guy True. and not, you know, what yeah. about the woman? It's like, no, she's a side piece in this particular story. In this particular story. And but a lot of the eighties ones, the, you know, there's always that final girl. So, Absolutely. you know, you know, this just really wasn't the case here. This wasn't, this is not a slasher folks. So this is, it doesn't warrant like, that. Was it necessary to have them, you know, have sex in this movie or was it just a little, yeah 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 i mean but they definitely i mean she's she definitely seems to have a thing for a man and she she was supposed to leave out where, where was she heading to was it vancouver oh i don't know wasn't she heading to southern california i thought she, she came from i think she was southern coming california. from southern california and she she'd been hitchhiking for i don't know a week or two and i thought she was going to vancouver now it doesn't was i'm gonna assume for a job it always seems to in those i don't know they they always seem to hitchhike in the eighties because of a better job. I remember, um, I thought that happened in crossroads where, um, Jamie Gertz's character was, was hitchhiking because of a dancing gig that she had. Who knows where they always seem to be hitchhiking for some sort of better employment or something, which is just yeah. funny. And I don't, and she was, she was an artist, right? She was draw. I don't know. She was drawing yeah. and yeah, stuff. She was drawing. I, I don't know. I think she had been trying to sell or she, when she was in, southern california she was selling them and yeah. try to raise money to get wherever she was yeah. gonna go be she's a starving so, artist she's a starving artist yeah so um all right so we know we know that eventually we're gonna know that there's six conspirators which even though we've already said it three have now died on on that boat and i can't yes. again i can't remember the name of the boat but um three have died and some other stuff, it kind of has happened, but then one o'clock passes and it's kind of, the, the dust kind of settles a little bit. Yes. And then we have the, 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 the hundred year anniversary. Now, uh, because, because Stevie Wayne works that those late hours, she has someone watching her son looks like some sort of babysitter. I don't know, a neighbor, a nanny, a nanny, something. Um, and, uh, but he's out there on the beach, and he he sees. Uh, it looks like he sees a coin, like a yes. doubloon, like it's the sun is hitting it, and it's it's piqued his interest, yeah. and he and he goes over there and he sees it in the water. And the tide rolls in, and when it washes back, it's no longer a doubloon. Yep. It's a it's a it's a piece of driftwood, um, and it looks like it it has the uh, I think it's D A N E right. I think so. Yeah, I think it's which we find out later was the name of the boat, the Elizabeth Dane, Correct. which is the boat that had crashed a hundred years ago. Um, and he brings it to his, his mother and she takes it. Um, and, um, I think she ends up driving back to the, uh, lighthouse in the meantime, uh, Nick, Nick Castle, Tom Atkins character and Elizabeth, they go to the docks because the, uh, his, his, it looks like yes. he's like they're friends. They yeah, are, one of the, one of his buddies was one of yeah. the three, uh, was it? Fishermen. Cause I mean, this yeah. is a small town. So you think like almost everyone knows everyone, right? Yeah. But they never came in. He's worried. Yes. Because he's, you know, he, this is his buddy. No matter how drunk or whatever they get, they always come back. Yeah, they never, they never, never been stay too out. Too drunk so, yeah. to stay out. So he's concerned, and so he calls in a favor. They hop on a boat. Uh, him, Elizabeth, and and I guess a, again a friend of his. To they they find the boat. They go inside. There's no bodies. But but nothing seems to be working. It Which looks. I do love that part about the the boat is that the ghosts after they murdered these fellows they took the time to to clean them, everything up, clean everything, put them in closets. Maybe that's what takes the ghosts so long to do stuff because it takes a little bit to to, to clean shit up. You got to make sure. And then where are they storing the bodies? It's like oh, okay, do they have like an extra boat out there somewhere where it's like okay, well we can put them down below. <laughs> and they're talking to each other the whole time, right? They're saying like, hey Steve, check it out. I'm gonna put them in the closet so when they open the door, it'll fall. On him. Yeah, the, the, the other guy's like, yeah, that's a good gag. I, I never get tired of that gag. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Which, of course, happens, right? So, so, uh, but, I, you know, Nick's, Nick is, he's worried. Um, 
Elizabeth says something like, you know, I I feel like this is all my fault because as soon as I came into town, all shit, you know, all, all shit broke loose. And he's like, it's it's not you. Um, and then he tells, he goes to tell him the story about what his dad had told him. And yeah. again, I believe this is Blake's ship because he was talking about a doubloon where his father, you know, went on this boat and didn't see anybody, but he saw, I don't know if it was one coin, one doubloon, and he picked it up, he put it in his pocket, he came home to tell the family the story, and the, the doubloon was gone. Yeah. You know, and it's, and so, um, and then of course, yeah, the, the, we get the, the, the one, the other, the third guy, uh, the younger of the three, basically falls onto Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Elizabeth, and they take him back to town, and the, the, I, I, I don't know who this is. Is this a doctor? Is this the, the coroner? I don't know what this some, is. Some kind of tech in the morgue. Again, these are small towns, so yeah. I don't know. My guess is like, you know, one guy or one gal has like eight different jobs. You know, it's like I, I work at the bar and I'm also working for the county recorder and then all these other things. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's so bad. But uh, so they, they examine them. And, and he's like, you know, and he pulls Nick out and he goes, he goes, I mean, I just saw him two days ago, but it looks like he's been underwater for like, what, like a month yeah, or something? Yeah, a long period of time. You know? Okay. So now, so tell me, how the hell did he get up off of the gurney or whatever and, and, and walk towards her? I mean, he's clearly dead. I think, I mean, that part has always stood out to me. Like this part really doesn't make any sense. Like they're not yeah. reanimating corpses in this movie or no. anything like that. There are ghosts. And we do know that this was a scene that was added. This was one that was fact. added? Okay. And they're just like, you know, <sighs> we got a dead body here. Why don't we have it do something creepy? Let's just, you know, up the factor. And so... That part has always always stood out to me as yeah, the, it, it I, wasn't really needed. If I if I was to say anything, it would be that part. Like yeah. that's the only part I really have, I guess, an issue with. I mean, obviously, it's like, well, the things are coming out of the fog, and I'm okay with that. But you know, well, yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> and but this, it was like, but I get it because he he took the scalpel and wrote three. Yeah, you know, which obviously there's there's six conspirators, three are dead, and now we need three more in order to really kind of. I don't know. Let you guys off the hook here. It's very important to these ghosts that they explain why they're doing what they're doing (laughs) and exactly what they have done and will continue to do. Yes. Wasn't there a thing that says three more will die or something like that? Yes, because when um, when Stevie has that, she takes the driftwood to her um, the lighthouse. And it's sitting on I don't know. It's it's sitting on a table, and all of a sudden it. It starts to um, fill up with water, with right? water, yeah, which I thought was a pretty water. damn cool effect. I don't know how, I I always geek out over little things, and I'm sure it's probably the simplest effect, but yeah. I love those simple effects. And Absolutely. I'm like, how the hell do they do that? Like, mm-hmm. like did they they have something underneath and they kind of like some sort yeah, of like some sort of a hose that and then they just into the yeah. back of the wood and they've got little holes drilled into the back so that they can channel the water and I don't I don't know but I mean obviously like it's that. a very cool yeah. effect and, and it's a cool effect and then all of a sudden doesn't she she looks at it and it says yeah three more will die yeah. and does it catch on catches, catches on fire, fire. Yeah. <laughs> so it catches on fire even though it's okay it's 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 it like gasoline. drenched with water yeah. I, yeah and so so she puts it out and um. So yeah, I I'm trying to think. In the meantime, uh, Kathy's character, which is played by Janet Lee, I don't know what she is. She's not like the mayor or whatever of the town. Is she some sort of like? I, I don't know what she is, but she's planning this event, this hundred year anniversary. They got a little tiny statue. Yeah, the town manager, whatever. Like I don't know what's what that is. I don't know if it's. A, I don't know what it is. I she's don't want to say. In, she's in charge of running the party, and I think the party. what they had just commissioned a statue of the founders. Yeah, of the little, town. little, yeah, little tiny yeah, statue. So she's in charge of you know running the party for the 100 year anniversary yeah. of Antonio I, Bay. I don't get the impression that this town is that big because when they eventually have the get together, there wasn't a lot of people. Maybe 50, yeah. 75. Not I don't. I don't know. Town. Maybe people had other things to do. You know. Maybe. You know. I. I don't know. And the smaller the town, you know, you, you realize that this would be much more of a big deal. The smaller the town. Yeah. The bigger the town. Yeah. Not as much of a big deal. I mean, the sheriff was there. I think the mayor was there. Um, you know, she, uh, uh, Kathy's assistant. I always forget her name. She was in Halloween. She was in Halloween too. Yeah. And I always forget her damn name. Um, 
Yeah, I forget I her name. I just want to say Debbie, but I think everybody from the 80s was named Debbie. <laughs> was named Debbie. Do you ever Nancy know? Keys. Nancy, Nancy Keys. Nancy Keys. Okay. Um, I only, I know she was in other things, but the two things I always remember her from is The Fog and Halloween. Absolutely. Um, but she was beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. Oh, yes, for sure. Um, and uh, so that's happening. Hell no, man. I mean, honestly, we're getting close to like, you know, where they're going to do the ceremony. It's getting dark. The fog's coming. Okay. The stage is set for what's the stage is set. Yeah. Yeah. It is now it's, it's the anniversary. They want their money back. They need three more lives. Now let me ask you this. Okay. So the night before it happened between 12 and one, I get that. This happened around like eight o'clock. Shit was going south. Like yeah. I, I, when when uh, we were, I was looking at the clock that was I think in the lighthouse, and I thought it said something like six thirty seven, something like that. Sure. And then and then and then the fog came in. Let's call it eight o'clock. So do they not stick to the twelve to one? Like is that out the window well, because it's this is something that's going to be going on over the next two days, and I think the the real climax of what's going to happen is going to happen between 12 and one, but it's, it's going on. Little things are happening the whole time, right? Yeah. The 12 and one the night before is when they kind of announce their presence and yeah. things go haywire. True. And then little things are happening throughout the day and leading into the night. Um, now was it when father Malone discovered the hole in the wall? When he yeah, we haven't even talked yeah, about that. Book. That's important. That the was diary. the night before, right? It was, it was, Around twelve o'clock, yeah, because the the the, the little cameo by John Carpenter yeah. um, was a little after midnight. He comes in to talk to Father Malone, and he was uh, already drinking. Yeah, he was already drinking, and then he leaves, and um, then yeah, the thing crashes onto the his desk, and he starts reading this diary, which of course is is very important. Yeah, which provides the exposition for the whole story. Abs- the whole time. everything, and so. Um, and then at one point, I think Kathy and then her assistant go to talk to the father, and he reads this passage yeah. out of this. Now, had he called them over? Because I think he read it, and he had figured out what was going on, and I didn't know if I don't he think had so. called them in, but he it was very important to him to communicate to them exactly what he's discovering, that yeah. you know, the founding of our town is a lie. Is a lie. It was, it was based yeah. on murder. It was based on stealing yeah. and I think their intent was to go there to talk to him about something that had to do with the ceremony because I think Kathy had said, hey, are you going to be there tonight? And then he starts to talk to them and and starts reading the passages from the diary. Yeah. You know, and in the meantime, you know, Kathy's uh, husband was on that boat. He was one of the ones to die. that's right. She doesn't know this, though. Um, And, God, that'd be be nerve-wracking. And so at this point, man, I think I think... Unless there's something that we've missed, I think this is where we, you know, it dark has come. Yeah, the stage is set. Stage is set for Night kind is of falling. Yeah, and um, at one point, okay, so fog comes through, and uh, Dan, uh, weatherman Dan, is that his name? Yes. Um, he uh, he comes in and he you know he talks with uh, with Stevie's character and and you know. Uh, let's i think she lets her know she's a little she's a little um uneasy with everything that's kind of transpired especially with that driftwood turning you know basically saying that turn you know catching on fire all these kind of things that are happening and but um and i'm trying to think man and again you're gonna have to jump in here at one point does um i know they talk with the sheriff and the sheriff is at the ceremony um and then I think uh, Nick and Elizabeth are at the bar, right? Yes, yes. They're having a drink, but then they hear uh, they hear uh, St- Stevie's voice, and then he decides to call her up and talks with her a little bit, and kind of and she kind of explains what's been happening. Same with him, right? Is that about? Does that sound about right to you? Yeah, he's figuring something out. Like, have they established that the fog bank is out there at this point? The weatherman Dan's telling her that the. The, the fog is is out there and they're starting to put two and two together and that they believe out something that yeah something's going on and it's connected to this fog bank that's rolling yeah out. yeah I, I you know what's funny man is I in certain some movies it's like well if I told you something's in the fog you're like yeah whatever and then you spend an hour and a half trying to convince me that you know or convince them that it's not, 
they were immediately on board. It wasn't, there didn't have to be a lot of convincing that something was in the fog, which I love because I don't want you, I don't want all these people, you sure there is, and blah, 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 and all this other shit. Nah, nah, nah. It's like they're immediately, they seem to be immediately on board. Something isn't right. They were, they they had established already that before they lost contact with the ship the night before, they had said that there was a fog bank that rolled in. And the fog bank bank rolls back out, and these men are dead. Uh, They establish that the fog bank is coming back in, and there's just have been enough creepy things happening to these particular people that they have decided something's up. I don't like it. Let's. uh, And didn't they say that that there was a glow to it too? Right? Didn't she say there was like a there was a glow to the fog? That there was something creepy about it. Yeah. Yeah, and so um, so he calls up Stevie uh, Nick uh, Nick's character uh, calls, uh, and I think him and Elizabeth hop in the truck to go and I, I think they were going to go drive to talk with her at yes. the um uh, at the lighthouse. The, the lighthouse, and then um, yeah, I think the so the fog comes over to Dan uh, weatherman Dan, and he ends up opening the door, and of course he gets it, which I. Th- had they already had their conversation with Father Malone, and he was basically saying like vengeance is coming, like he had come I think to that so. conclusion. I he's, think so. And he was just a drunk priest babbling. But yeah, he had said that, and then these people—they're starting to take it more serious. I th- I think that had already occurred because I think when when um when Kathy and her assistant went over there, it was daytime, and he tells them the story. And then, of course, now we're at night. So I'm pretty positive that has already occurred. Um, hmm. So Dan, Weatherman Dan gets it. Uh, Fog's coming in. Yeah, Fog's coming in. He answers the even though he's on the phone with Stevie. Stevie's like, "Do not answer it. There's yeah. something in the fog. Something is not right. Don't answer the door." He's not listening. No. And you know, so he answers the door. He gets it. He's still flirting with her. He is know? still flirting with her. And he's, I think, he's number four. So he's the fourth. He would be number four. Yeah, and then, um, and of course, it's funny, man. That the 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 fog, once it gets a victim, it starts to shift. What do you got? Was he number four? Because the nanny got it too. The nanny got it, but she was five. She was five. She was five. And so, um, so, so Stevie is on the radio. Hey, can anyone get to? Because she sees the fog is shifting. But but I know Nick and Elizabeth go to where weatherman. Dan was they see the door is open there's glass everywhere they they end up leaving and she knows that the fog is now coming to her house to her house is alone correct yeah so her uh her son Andy I think um I noticed this man every I cannot so many kids in especially in the 80s horror movies the little kids were always named Andy dude in child's play and right. dude I could go on and on it's like was that like just some yeah. standardized name has just made it easy Maybe. it's like Mike. hey look we're going to have a kid we're just going to call him Andy I don't know that's my kid's name is that your kid's, yeah. name, kid's name is Andy is Andrew, yeah. oh that's so funny right? hey Andrew <laughs> um yeah it's just Toy a popular story I mean Toy that's, yes it's a dude, terrifying film I can't think of a ton of movies right now but I guarantee you go back to a lot of these movies and the it Child's name is always Andy. It's a good name. It's like Robbie yeah. or Mikey, you know. Solid, solid, yeah, solid name, man. Um, and so she, she's on the radio. Hey, if anyone can get, you know, my son is there. Please get there. And then I think at that point is when uh, Nick and Elizabeth start driving to her house. Yes. And the fog, of course, comes through to to Stevie's house, and uh, the ba- there's that creepy kind of knocking, you know that 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 knocking on, and it's not like a regular with the back of a hook. yeah, dude. It, it's not like a regular knock, like hey, you know. It's no, it's like yeah. And to me, it's like don't answer the damn door, man. It's like why would you answer? Especially when the fog rolls in, and it's obviously not fog; it's smoke from a smoke machine. You know, that's <laughs> it was a serious fog that'll come in under a door like a, a door. house fire. Yeah, and but then um, uh, the uh, the babysitter—I forget her name—the uh, the elderly lady. She she sends Andy to his bedroom. She answers the door. Of course, she gets it. Yeah. And um, I forget. I don't think they really showed her death. No, no. They, you see her see get her hit. And it was a really cool shot, actually, because 
You see her get it and then gets pulled into the fog, and then two other arms come around the back of her and kind of oh, wrap her. And so you see that she yeah. just got done by. Yeah, like that's three true. Guns, that so. is, that's right. I forgot about that. And But he's in his bedroom, and his door is locked, and they're coming for him because now there's five. There's five now dead, and they need one more and their and their money. And I don't think our characters understand. I think it, Father Malone is the one that understands this. Um, Stevie's yeah. probably got the idea because she saw the the driftwood that said three more will die. Three more will die. Um, so we know that this is five, and they have to actually break Andy's bedroom window, right? Yes. And pull him out at the last second. Yeah, and right at the nick of time. To, and then, of course, we got the whole trope of the car just won't go. Like, it starts yeah. up fine. I thought at first it won't start because they never seem to start. This was, no, they were, it, it was, uh, the, the, uh, the, it was like a mud and the, the tires kept spinning, yeah. you know. And, and so, and as they are slowly starting to creep up onto the truck where the, all three of them are, she finally gets it in reverse and, 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 gets, and, out and, out and gets out of there. And, and then at this point, the fog is kind of going through town. And uh, now this was this is what I didn't understand is how did Stevie, how was she able to, to tell where the fog was going? Like she, she knew it was going yeah. down Fifth Street and yeah, now it's she at, had you a know. good vantage point from the from the lighthouse and she could see into town. I mean, like, oh. I'm, I'm advocating for it at this <laughs> point, but she could see where that it was. It's good. going down Fifth Street, you know, yeah. and, and that's at that point she's telling everybody get to the old church. The that's old the, church. That's the last stand. That's the Alamo. <laughs> Which is really like, I would think the last place you want to be. Like, get out of town. Don't get to the church. Dude, get out of town. Get like, on the highway yes. and get moving. But that's what I'm saying. But we, I mean, and we don't. You know, the script has to happen. The movie, the, the yeah, for the convenience of the yeah of the movie. Um, and so that's where uh, Nick, Andy, Elizabeth, uh, uh, Kathy, and her assistant Sandy I, is her assistant. Sandy, Sandy. Okay, good. I, I I didn't write that down for some reason. And and they basically get to the church. They get inside. And I think then at that, Father Malone gives them a little exposition, yeah. like, "Hey, and you know." He's hammered at this point. <laughs> is, he, is he pretty hammered? And I think had he at that point already pulled the uh, the the golden cross out of the out of the walls, because that's what he had realized. Uh, what he had read in the diary too was that they had betrayed um, the guy from before and taken all of his gold. But that then, was Blake, right? Yeah, Blake. Blake, yeah. And he had stolen it from the conspirators. So yes. They, yeah, he had taken it and, you know. So let me get this straight. So it. how did he smelt it into that yeah. giant cross and then, and then hit cross. it in the walls of the church? So so there was six of them, and the original uh, Father Malone was one of the six. He screwed the other five, took all the gold, melted it, and made a cross out of it, and, yeah, put it in yeah. the wall. But, how, but did see, they, how did they establish the town if he had stolen the gold from them? That's what I don't understand. My My guess is that there was a shit ton of it. Maybe. And he took what he whatever he could and melted down to make this, or dude, I mean, who knows? Did he feel any sort of guilt? How did like he get at, away with it? Did he I, I kill the other five because he didn't go anywhere? Obviously, the gold is taken and stolen. They know that only six people in town know where it is or know about the gold. So, huh. how was he able to get away with that? Crime? Do you think? Okay, hold on. We're just spitballing here. Double do you think? To double do you think? Well, do you think maybe the other five just died over time? He was the last to survive, and he took it all and melted it down and just—I—I I have no idea, man. I'm I, like, it's the—it's one of those things. That's a good thing about a good, tight, simple story yeah. is that you are going to have these questions that come up afterwards, and you don't need people second guessing the story and say, "Well, if he did this, then how about that?" Yeah, sometimes shit just happens. It just, yeah, it just happens, and well, that's the way it went down. Yeah, and we don't need to ask questions about it because it takes you out of the movie. It, it does, it does, and I'm okay not knowing, but because you and I are bullshitting right now, I do kind of would like to know a little bit, but I don't have to. I don't know, but so he stopped he. He, when he was reading the diary, he didn't read all the way through. He's like, I couldn't read anymore. Yeah. Well, you should have because it would have it would have told you that, you know, because it took them like two seconds to break down the rest of the wall and get this big old, sure. like, cross of gold. What do you think that thing weighed? Oh, dude, that thing looked like, I don't know, 50, 75 pounds, yeah. easy? Because he was struggling with that. Yeah. Gold's heavy. Gold, gold is especially solid gold's heavy. Yeah. 
you know. And how did he melt it into that cross? I don't know. It looked good, though. Yeah. It looked damn good. It was polished, man. I mean, yeah, I don't know. You know, do you hire someone? It's like, hey, I got all this gold. Keep it on the down low. Keep it on the down low. You know, I'll throw a couple extra, you know, pieces of gold for you. But I want you to melt it down and it's got to look good. You know, I I don't know. But then why? I don't know, man. Just his guilt got the better of him. He was a man of the cloth and, you know, he just didn't feel right, you know, with what they did to Blake. But he then double-crossed the conspirators and took the gold and then didn't do anything with it. So they took some of it. I mean, obviously, I think he said that we took some of it and founded this church, some of it and founded the town, and then whatever was left over, he had stolen. Yeah. And got away with it. And got away with it. But, I mean, I'm sure he paid for it once he passed, right? Sure. I mean, he he wasn't going to heaven. I mean, he wrote everything down. There was a lot of weight to carry. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're in the church. All of them are, except the only one that's not is, of course, uh, Stevie, who's in her um, the lighthouse. Lighthouse, and we know that um, the fog is going to find her. Yep, and the, at that point, I think the fog is starting to engulf the lighthouse, which yeah. is weird because the lighthouse is on the coast. You would think that if it had gotten into town, and that's me doing that again. So, I, I think is there? Is, do we just have to believe that there's certain? Uh, types of uh, fog, like you got like the big group fog, and then you got the smaller group fog. Like like Blake's fog is like the main fog, right? Sure. Like this is the main crew, and there's going to be like a dozen of us. I don't know. And then you got like the mini fog, which is maybe three of them rolling into where Stevie is. Sure. I mean, maybe I it's, it's coming in in sort of a formation, like you're invading you know, Germany in 1945, <laughs> and it's got kind of the point that comes in through town, but then it gets flanked by the uh, reinforcement fog coming around it the could. back. So. It could. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's but not... it all works well, and these are <laughs> dumb questions to ask. You're, n- you're not going to be able to enjoy yourself watching anything no. if you think like we do. Yeah, no. Um and so, um, so the so yeah, they're they're breaking into the church. They're trying to do their best to to put stuff uh, in front of windows and stuff, um, you know, so that you know Blake and his crew, yeah, Blake and his crew. And then in the meantime, Stevie is she is um, she is trying to get to the literally to the tippy top of this lighthouse. Yeah, she's had there's she's had nowhere to else the, to go. Yeah, she's had yeah. to bar the door at the bottom. The fog was getting in, so she put a ladder in front of the door yep. or something, and then she had to go to the top. It's coming up. She can see it's coming up the ladder. I think at that point she can hear someone downstairs. Yes. Uh, and then she has to literally climb out the window and onto the roof of the of the lighthouse. Of the lighthouse literally itself. gets to the very the very tip of the lighthouse. Like there is nowhere else to go. In the meantime, the people at the church are trying to you know they're trying to do their best. But the idea here is, hey, look, I think Blake wants his gold back. And they need they need uh, they need a sixth victim, sixth sixth you know the sixth person has to suffer, and it makes sense that it's Father Malone because his grandfather was part of all of this, and, and he confronts them with the gold, yeah. you know, carrying that. He goes cross. out, yeah, and they're all just kind of standing there. And I love this part because again, the fog and the the figures and the glowing and all of these things are happening here, but they're just. They're just stationary. And I love shit like that because it's it's almost more eerie when right. someone's not moving and they're just it's almost like if, if you were somewhere and someone just starts staring at you and and they don't move, they just start it's creepy, man. Yeah, and he's waiting <laughs> well, they were waiting for Father Malone who decides that this is his cross to bear. Uh, uh, no pun intended. Walks out and <laughs> You know, gives us the last bit of the exposition we need for the uh, for the film, and that is that I here's your gold. I have your gold. I'm you know Father yeah. Malone. I'm the sixth yeah. conspirator. Take me. Yeah, yeah. And they they take the gold. I mean, and it takes the gold, and it yeah. automatically turns you know glows bright and and yeah. melts and and almost like they disappear. Now, in the meantime, though, at the at the uh, lighthouse, you know, uh, Stevie has to fight out. You know, fight off these these you know, these ghosts. And I think there's about two or three of them. And I think one of them gets her in the, in the shoulder or something. Yeah, and she, something, yeah, yeah, with the hook. And, uh, but then once, once, which you know, by the way, I think that was one of the scenes that they added after the fact. Was that it? They, that they had decided that she needed to be in some sort of mortal, you know, mortal 
terror, whatever. She was yeah. in trouble. Yeah. And so they added uh, that scene where she has oh. to climb out on the I, roof. I'm okay. I liked that scene. That was a good scene. I, yeah, I no, it. I mean, that, that feeling of like, shit, I, I, I can't go anywhere else. Like, I'm here. I, this is it. So I'm either going to die or I have to take some sort of stand. And I don't know. Hopefully these ghosts are clumsy and they fall. I, I don't know. Um, but once once they get the gold, they all kind of disappear. Yep. Turn and, around and poof. Uh, really fast, uh, Blake, the, the main the main ghost, um, I and I looked this up, was played by Rob Bottin, um, which everyone would know did, you know, he's, he's, he's like phenomenal makeups, but he Absolutely. did the practical effects for the thing and uh, I think the howling as well but um, you know uh, I didn't I had no idea He's he was yeah. yeah and um and so I wanted to throw that out there before I forgot um but you know so they all kind of think everything's good right I mean they got their gold um there's no more fog shit let's 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 continue with the party man yeah, 100 years rolling back out well i, the, <laughs> I always the, the scene that always stuck with me was you know stevie wayne getting back onto the radio and she's she sends a message out to any of the ships that might still be out yeah. in the bay and says look for the fog yeah yeah but uh i like that one i do and then um it looks like kind of father malone is kind of oh, let me tidy up before i go to bed i mean i don't know and then um I think that he sees some fog and then, yeah. uh, and they're just again standing there. I love it. The fog disappears. They go through the trouble of yeah. disappearing the fog and then poof, it comes under the door again. Comes under the door and he's just kind of standing there looking at him. And then we get that Blake is behind him with the sword and we get this, you know, the swing. The swing it's and then it just, ending. it just cuts. Dude, it's a fucking awesome yeah, I don't know if that was one of the scenes that was added after the fact, but it was a great way to end the movie. <sighs> like, nope. They need their six. You I, gave them the gold back, yeah. but they're taking their six. They need yeah. the six, man. They had a quota to meet. Um, you're the sixth one. Um, I love endings like that. I love those abrupt endings where I don't feel like I'm missing anything. Like, well, what the hell? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't get that at all. Like, this is perfect. This is perfect. And that's it. That's yeah, It didn't need a happy ending. No, no, it did a happy it, enough ending that all the innocent people survived. Yeah, the one, yeah, the ones that didn't screw over the the yeah. colony hundred years ago. But the sins of the father were visited on the son uh -huh. or the grandson yeah. in this case. But yeah, that's the fog, man. I don't. I'm trying to think if there was anything we. I don't know, we kind of jumped around a bit, but I don't, I don't know if there's anything that I'm trying to trying to remember if I wanted to talk about. I think I, I think I got everything. Anything that you No, this is just it's it's a great movie. Go back and watch it if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, then why are you listening to this anyway? Yeah, yeah. It's you, a great yeah. it's a good tight story from a from an era that was really full of these good scary movies. Solid um I mean John Carpenter had a just a string of solid movies. Um I would I would argue probably up until maybe Escape from L.A., but anything from Halloween to Escape from L.A. were just, well, I think he did Village of the Damned. That wasn't great, but, dude, he just, I mean, from Christine to The Thing, I mean, Escape, dude, I mean, The Fog just is. He was in his prime when he did Dude, this. he was rolling, man. I mean, he just, he was he was knocking out, I mean, Big Trouble in Little China. He yeah. was, well, he was, was hitting him out of the park. Second move, his second feature film, right? Um, I thought, hold on a second, he did. Halloween. Well, Halloween. And I think that he was did a couple 78. Of, uh, was Halloween yeah, 78? 78. He did the Elvis, the TV movie. Of yeah, Elvis yeah. And, Kurt Russell. and I think Attack on, what was it? Attack on Precinct. Shit, I'm trying to remember the name of it. I think that oh, was prior. Precinct 13. 13. I yeah. think that was prior to Halloween. Shit, dude, my ah, I'm terrible. Like, I know at some point he squeezed in Starman in there. Um, I think Starman was after. I think yeah. that was later in the and, 80s. You know, Christine, but, the thing, Christine, yeah. Escape from New York, the thing was Big Trouble in China. So that was after this. Dude, he was killing it. He did. Like, I mean, at least... I don't know. I mean, maybe other people out there would disagree, but he's he's always been one of my favorite directors, if not my favorite director. And he just, I mean, because I grew up in the 80s, like I know these are more, uh, I think they're great movies, but but other people might think, well, what are you talking about? They're not that great. Well, for me, they are. I grew up on them. They're very nostalgic for me. I never, dude, I don't get tired of them. I can't tell you how many times, just for instance, like Escape from New York, Big Trouble in China, two of my favorite. I've seen them, dude, a hundred or more times. Like, yeah. I don't get tired of them. No. They're just fun for me. And then I think back of when I was growing up in that time frame and how old I was and who my friends were and what I was doing. And I just reminisce. And so, 
you know, yeah. that, 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 that's what John Carpenter is for me. And, you know, and he tells a great story. And, and there was so. no, I mean, there were no characters in this movie that stood out as being unbelievable. Or, I mean, there were scenarios that were like, okay, that's not going to happen these days. Yeah. But the characters looked the part. You know, Jamie Lee Curtis looked like a gal that might be hitchhiking yeah. in Vancouver, you know, in 1982. Um, yeah. You know, Nick Castle looked like your average working class, you know, yeah. guy that might be driving sure. a truck with a beer in his hand <laughs> yes. on the street. The kid looked like the kid. The nanny looked like the nanny. Yeah, they acted. They acted the part. So the 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 characters. You know, it wasn't a character study by any means. No, but, no, not at all. But they all played their roles and they played them well. They didn't overplay their parts. You know, no. She I, she played. You know, Adrian Barbeau played a great. You know, radio, yeah. I would have believed her. Absolutely, if she was a real radio DJ. So. Yeah, no, for sure, man. So that sultry voice, that, for sure, man. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, um, I think that's it, man. I think that's the fog. I think we hit on just about everything. Um, before we wrap this up, anything you want to? How's the band coming? Uh, Lesser yeah, Sons. We yeah? just uh, we just played two shows. Uh, we played a show last weekend, and then one up in Carson City the uh, mm. the week before that. But we don't have anything on the calendar now. We're just getting ready to go into the studio and start working on our new EP. So cool. I'll let you know when that comes yeah, out. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, uh, I always uh, love having you out. I appreciate you coming out. Um, I, I'm glad. Uh, hopefully people stuck around and, and listened to us uh, ramble about 1980s The Fog. Um, I guess that's it, man. Go give it another watch. Give it another watch. Uh, that'll do it for us, man. Everyone uh, take care. You listened all the way to the end. We appreciate that. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Ear for Fear Podcast, Twitter at Ear for Fear, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Ear for Fear Podcast. You can also check out our website, earforfear.com. There we list news and events. We're available on all the main platforms, so make sure you tell a friend. We hope you come back and get an earful.